0: Welcome to another Glastonbury Abbey spirituality podcast. Our topic today is meditation. I'm Nick Phillips and today I'm joined by William Bloom. William is one of the Abbey's Trustees and his name may also be familiar as a teacher and author of numerous books on well-being and topics of a spiritual nature. Hello William, Uh, thank you for joining us. (laughs) Hi there, lovely to be here. Uh, Would you like to tell us a bit more about yourself and your background before we begin?
1: Yes, um, I'm a motorcyclist who also meditates, (laughs) uh, which means to say I've got my feet firmly anchored in the real world but at the same time I've been a meditator since I was 20, I've taught it since I was about 30 and I found that in terms of my own self-management and well-being, it's been absolutely crucial to keep me um, soothed, calm, and also in terms of my spiritual development, by which I mean increasing how good a person I am, how compassionate I am, how caring I am, and also whether I'm conscious of the presence of a spiritual dimension, God, Goddess, whatever you call it, meditation is absolutely crucial for me. There's quite a few different aspects
0: to... Meditation, not
1: just one. A hundred percent. Sometimes it's at the moment mindfulness is a really useful gateway for people. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the spiritual dimension of meditation, it can make meditation look as though it's just a self-soothing strategy. Mm. Yeah. Rather than a strategy for spiritual growth. Yeah.
0: Now um, you've lived in Glastonbury for a long time and you will have seen many changes in the town. Uh, but it's at its heart; it's the abbey ruins as this kind of beacon of stillness. Do you find the atmosphere of the abbey grounds conducive to meditation? And do you feel it has an unchanging quality, or does it feel different on different days?
1: I'm going to rewind us to when I first came down to Glastonbury. It was 1971. I was part of the early crew for one of the first festivals. Okay. And I remember getting within 20 miles of Glastonbury and going, "Oh." This feels different. I was a mm. city boy, but I could feel a tangible sense of place, yes. sense of atmosphere. Coming to Glastonbury, um, one of the things about the Isle of Avalon is that it has many facets, because so you have the Tor, you have Chalice Hill, you have Weiriel Hill, you have the, the, the Two Springs, and then you have the Abbey. And each of these places and other places on the island have different atmospheres. Mm-hmm. The Abbey Grounds are particularly wonderful because it's a large open space in the middle of this wonderful landscape where you can do walking meditation or just sitting meditation and allow yourself to tune into and feel the space, the sense of sacred place that you're sitting in. And I don't want to tell people how to interpret it. What's far best for people is that they come into the grounds, walk around, and allow themselves to be still and sense how they themselves interpret it.
0: Um, Now you led a couple of seasons for us on uh, guided meditations once a week and they took place here in the crypt of the Lady Chapel. The focus of the meditations was healing and the spot you chose was historically where people would have come to pray for healing. Um, This is the chapel of Joseph of Arimathea where medieval pilgrims would come and leave votive offerings in return for healing their ailments. And of course it was the site of the first church, the old church, the most venerated part of the Abbey. The meditations you led focused not only on personal healing but sending it out to the world wherever it's needed. Uh, I'd like to ask if you think Location is important. Uh, would you say that the spirit of the place can amplify these prayers, and do you believe this kind of meditation to be more effective in a place that's known to have centuries of sanctity? That's a
1: big question a <laughs> big long question. Listen, let me just let me just say first of all, that when I first started walking around Glastonbury in my 20s The place where I had the strongest sense of place, where it felt so tangible, you could almost cut it like a knife through butter, was downstairs in the Lady Chapel. So it's been my favourite place to be. It's very thick. The veils, so to speak, are thin. Now, that said, it's not necessarily the place that other people relate to as being that powerful and strong. But for me, it is. So for me and other folk who sit there, it, the sense of place and the thinning of the veils between the different dimensions, to use a metaphor for something mystical and mysterious that's happening, makes it easier for us to do prayer work. And it allows us to be more centered, and it's easier to feel the presence of something mysterious and sacred. And, and in that sense, it's a whole lot easier mm. to do prayer work and healing work at a distance.
0: Yeah. And I'd like to talk as well a little bit about other kinds of meditation, particularly moving kinds. Um, often when we think of meditation we imagine sitting in perfect stillness attempting to clear our minds of all distractions, but many world traditions practice mindful meditation through movement which concentrates our thoughts into prayer through the sensations in the body. The most well-known of these moving practices is yoga. Yoga is mentioned in early Indian texts as a method of finding oneness with the divine, though the yoga we know today was only invented in the last century through a synthesis of traditional asanas, that is postures, breathing exercises and western gymnastics to create a flowing sequences called vinyasas. Today, yoga is used to promote physical health and mental well-being as well as being a spiritual practice. Another Eastern practice that found popularity in the West is Qigong, which in turn influenced the creation of Tai Chi. Based on Chinese philosophy, Qigong aims to balance body, breath and mind, to direct the flow of energy, qi in the body in a beneficial way. Slow, deliberate movements are used which help to foster an innate awareness of the body. Like yoga, the focus of modern qigong is shifted from spiritual attainment to the health benefits, though the practice certainly retains the potential for inner contemplation. Less well known is the Christian tradition of bodily prayer, that, in a similar way to Qigong and Yoga, aims to find union with God and dedicates the physical body to prayer rather than focusing on transcending it. A contemporary body prayer is based upon words from the writings of 14th and 15th century mystic Julian of Norwich Await, allow, accept and attend. Some believe that Julian devised and practised bodily prayer herself within her anchorite cell Following a crippling illness that rent her body. The four poses are Await Await God's presence in the moment with hands cupped at waist. Allow Allow God's presence in with arms reached wide up to the sky. Accept Accept God's gifts with hands cupped at heart. Attend Attend where you are needed to do God's work, with hands outstretched, palms up." A similar body prayer can be found in the Abbey's Meditation and Prayer Walk Guide, something that you and I worked on together a few years ago, William. Uh, Would you like to say a bit about why we introduced the guide and what you hope people will gain from it?
1: Well Nick, first of all I want to uh congratulate you on your encyclopedic knowledge (laughs) of the kinesthetic approach, the body approach to meditation. I'm not sure I actually agree with some of your uh, interpretations, but that that would be the beginning of a nice, long conversation, which we don't have time for here. I I want to simplify everything you've said, and I want to bring it home to what the essence of a meditative state is. Because there is an essence to that state, regardless of what tradition you're using, regardless of what strategy you're using, regardless of what religion you come from. And the essence of the meditative state is that your body and your mind are at ease. And at the same time, you have a sense of benevolent watchfulness, and you feel connected to the great mystery of life. Body at ease, psychology at ease, mind, benevolent and watchful, and a sense of connection with the mystery. That's the essence of meditation. You can talk to meditation teachers the world over from different traditions and they will agree that that is the essence. Now the issue is, what helps people most easily go into that space? Mm -hmm. A lot of people cannot easily drop into being at ease and watchful and a sense of connection if they're sitting still. Yeah. It actually it actually triggers anxiety because they feel as though they're being constrained. So there's this long history of um, walking meditation, of walking in landscape or walking around a cloister so the body feels loose and at ease and liberated and free and not constrained. At the same time there's a neurological, a psychoneurological connection between body posture an attitude. So for example, if you clenched your fists and grimaced, it's going to take you into a certain mood. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you open your palms and soften your face, that too will take you into a certain mood. So across the world, there are body postures that help people move into the, a neuroendocrinal groove that's helpful. In the Christian tradition, there are all kinds of body prayers that help people go into that state. So yes, more or less to everything it's said in mm-hmm. your introduction in the encyclopedic question. But what interests me is that people allow themselves to just drop into being at ease, a sense of kind watchfulness and a sense of the mysterious presence. And then from that place of being centered, they can explore it. And that's the beauty of the Abbey Grounds, that people can do it sitting or walking
0: mm-hmm. And there's the space to be in your own space. Hundred
1: percent. But you need. But you need to get. A, you need to get at least two hundred yards away from the entrance. Because <laughs> there's, there's so many people around the, around the entrance and children well, there's, coming. There's thirty-six
0: know. acres to explore. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, of, m-
1: m- walk towards the tour, and you'll find some space.
0: So yeah, coming back to the the guide, um, the, the the physical. Um, guide that we put together. Yes, sorry, I
1: didn't answer you properly, did That's I? That's okay, uh, no. mate. Um, I, so, I went off
0: on one. So we, we, we've created this and you can pick it up in a uh, physical format from the Ticket Office and it's also available on our website as a download. Um, but there's different stages in that guide, isn't there? That yeah, they are different
1: hints. Well, the, 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 it's a little map that takes you around the abbey grounds and place by place, It suggests what you might want to put as a seed thought into your heart and mind that will help your prayer, your contemplation. Um, So if you're beside a tree, it might be to do with the beauty of nature. If you're in the Mary Chapel, it might be to do with the nature of healing. And the the map takes people through some suggestions. Yeah, just little prompts. Little prompts as to what might be helpful for them. Not too prescriptive.
0: And and the fact that as well, it's it's also, it's not... um, to do with one particular uh, no, it's, it's, tradition, it, it, it's multi... Absolutely, it's in, it's in
1: a language yeah. that's absolutely multi-faith and acceptable to anybody from any tradition, including those who had no tradition at all. Yeah. We, we were very careful, weren't we, to yes. make sure the language was as holistic and universal as possible.
0: Yeah. The, the wider grounds of the Abbey are ideal for these kinds of self-practice that we've talked about, um, yoga, qigong, or moving meditation in a beautiful natural setting with a wealth of space around to be alone and to connect. Uh, we encourage the use of, the, of Glastonbury Abbey's wider grounds to explore personal spiritual reflection through movement, but as always we ask that people be mindful of other visitors and practice where they are unlikely to be disturbed or to disturb other people. Um, above all though, enjoy the freedom of the physical space. Is there anything you'd like to add, William?
1: I think when people walk into the abbey grounds, one of the ideas, the historical ideas that always grabs me as I come into the abbey grounds, which is why 2,000 years ago, whenever it actually happened, why was this prime piece of land given to Joseph or whoever it was that built the first chapel? There was something in the culture of the locality, in the Druid culture, The time that accepted that there was a new message, a new idea that could be respected and honoured. So, in the midst of the hills of Avalon, Chalice Hill, Weiriel Hill, the Tor, the Springs, you have this other space which sits at the centre of it. And I really recommend folk that come to Glastonbury if you're coming for the first time, don't do the High Street to begin with. High Street is like a bazaar or pilgrimage uh, shopping centre. can uh, Can't Go straight up the tour or Weirrell Hill or Chalice or, or come into the Abbey Grounds and get a sense Take a of, view. Of, of the landscape. Yeah. Get a sense of the landscape and in the Abbey Grounds, bring in some food with you or use the cafe and allow yourself some time to
0: yeah. be at ease
1: and really enjoy it.
0: Okay. Well, thank you, William, and thank you, everyone, for listening.
1: Thank you, Luke.
0: This has been a Glastonbury Abbey podcast. Glastonbury Abbey is an independent charity. You can support us by visiting, becoming a member, or donating via our website, glastonburyabbey.com.